It's a mailbag Friday on the Locked On Braves podcast. We got a lot of questions coming from you on Twitter. The most questions we've ever had. It's going to be an amazing podcast talking about some trade ideas like Ian Happ, Max Kepler, and who the Braves could give up in a trade. Do they have to part with William Contreras? What's the plan? with William Contreras. Are they going to use him as a DH catcher? Do they try him in the outfield again? We're talking about all that. Obviously, we'll discuss Dansby Swanson as well and just where do the Braves go this offseason. We got a lot to cover on this Friday edition of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast so you can be part of the podcast, which is all this episode is going to be. We got tons of submissions for questions for this Friday edition of the Mailbag. So we're going to get to all of those on today's episode. If you're new, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching the video, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. It's one way that you can help support the show and what we do here. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day, continuing to post episodes daily. I posted a lot this week. I think it's my sixth or seventh video this week and podcast, so a lot of content out there for you this week. Obviously, busy with the winter meetings, even though the Braves didn't do much, but a lot of Braves content there for you. Before we get into today's mailbag, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, we're about to start on this mailbag episode, a late night on a Friday. Hopefully, you're listening. Uh, joining me in the chat here, got a lot already in here. Hopefully, you're listening the day after Saturday. Whenever you're listening, I do appreciate it. We got a lot of questions to get to. We'll talk about Dansby. We're going to talk about some trade uh, ideas out there. Max Kepler, Brian Reynolds, Ian Happ, and get into all that. I got a really good question about the Braves' international signings and when could we see the prospects replenished. Uh, I want to get into that later in the episode. So uh, a lot of questions came in on Twitter. I want to get to make sure that I, I get to those. But if you have some in the comments section, if you're with me live, I'll try to get to those at the end as well. But let's jump right into them because, like I said, got a lot here. Uh, Chris Shaffy says, are there any teams that have more than one player who could play shortstop as someone the Braves uh, could be targeting? Do you think the Braves are done with their bullpen? Yes, I think the Braves are done with their bullpen. I think Alex Anthopoulos has pretty much said as much after the Joe Jimenez trade. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they – Make some other smaller moves, um, like if they wanted to bring Luke Jackson back on a, a minor league deal with a spring training invitation, that would not surprise me. But I think as far as big moves go for the bullpen, I think they're done. Other teams who have multiple shortstops that could be looking to trade, we talked about the Padres, and especially after them signing Xander Bogarts, that maybe Kim is available in a deal. I think the plan is to move him to second and Cronenworth over to first, but that's one team that came to my mind. If you can think of any others, let me know in the comments section. 
Joshua Daniel says, looks like the league is playing checkers, looking for the instant gratification, while AA is playing chess, the long game. Do you feel there's a big move coming that we just don't see? Uh, Brandon Kirkwood also said, do you think the Braves make a big splash this offseason? As is always the case with Alex Anthopoulos, you, you have no idea what he's thinking. Usually nothing gets out until it's made official. You know, even those in the know, the writers, beat writers covering the team typically have no idea which direction the Braves are going. So I would not be surprised. And I said this this past week, talking about the winter meetings. That to me, I didn't really expect Alex Anthopoulos to get anything done because I didn't think the Dansby Swanson stuff would happen. I think the winter meetings for him were more of, okay, what are our plan B's here? Who's available in a trade? What are some out-of-the-box ideas if this doesn't work out, essentially, if Dansby doesn't work out? I think that's what Alex Antopoulos spent pretty much the entire winter meetings doing. So it would not be surprising to me if he comes out and, and has a big surprise move that nobody was looking at. I mean, that would be typical Alex Anthopoulos. I do think the Braves have one big move. Um, Mark Bowman and others who have covered the team said that the Braves probably have one $20 million a year move in them. Now, that to me would be Dansby Swanson if it's going to be a free agent signing. So I do think they have one big move, whether for shortstop or left field. I do think there's one big move left. Um, Wendy says, why don't people understand that Acuna and others aren't getting messed up by their contracts? And I've talked about that a little on here before. Many don't understand that the years, a lot of the years that Acuna and Albies in particular, you know, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider are getting paid for are buying out their arbitration years that would be much smaller for the, for the most part if they were to go through the arbitration process. And it's actually hurting the Braves a little bit now when it's coming to the tax payroll, because that's going into the tax payroll just takes it by the annual average annual value of a contract. And so it's pushing up the Braves tax payroll. But a lot of people don't understand that those are arbitration years for the most part that are being bought out that are typically going to be a little bit lower. A lot of people aren't understanding that Acuna and Albies and Harris and Strider, they're going to get another opportunity to get a big payday. They are that young. They're signing these deals. They're taking the security now and locking up that that guaranteed money. And then they're young enough that after these deals, they're going to have another opportunity to get a big contract if they continue to play the way that they are. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. These deals that you know, even Riley and Olsen are signing, especially you look at the deals that are being signed this offseason. Those are te- team friendly contracts. The Braves don't have anybody that they're paying over more than twenty two million a year over this you know decade that they have that they've locked up all these players for. These are team-friendly deals. That's why the Braves are doing them, but it's giving these players security. And for a lot of them, again, Albies, Acuna, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, they're going to have an opportunity to get another big payday once these deals come up. Whit Price says, what do you think a, Car- a Carlos Correa contract would look like? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely do you think the Braves would make a move for him? I think he has to get more than Trey Turner. So I think he's probably getting 320, 330 million over 10, 11, 12 years, how, however many years the team wants to spread it out for. But I think that's the type of deal he gets. I think he has to get more than Turner. And if one is not likely and 10 is likely, I would say it's a one that the Braves would even go after him. 
Uh, Steve Lamb says, who would you rather have? Brian Reynolds, Ian Happ, Max Kepler, or Adam Duvall? Out of those guys, I, I'd have I'd bring Brian Reynolds first, Ian Happ second. Um, I'd probably go Adam Duvall third and then Max Kepler. And I'm not a huge I'm not huge on Adam Duvall's bat, never have been, but I like the idea that he can play all three outfield spots. And then uh, Steve Lamb also asked, do you think the Braves would dare roll with Contreras in left field? I mean, they've used Gaddis and Riley out there before. They've already tried Contreras out there. Um, I believe it was Mark Bowman who actually talked about this on Friday as well. Somebody had asked him this question, and it did not go great. Um, so, no, I don't think they try him out in left field again. I mean, I'm not saying they don't ever do it, but just the initial – uh, try that they had with him was not great. They tried putting Orlando RC out there as well, and that was not great either. So, you know, it's not just easy to say throw somebody out in left field and, and let them figure it out. We talk about that with Vaughn Grissom, um, but I think Vaughn Grissom's athletic enough that he could do it. But I don't think they try Contreras out in left field. I think Contreras, and personally, if it were me, I would start grooming Contreras to be your future everyday catcher what i saw from him in 2022 proved it for me that he can handle the catcher position that he can play 110 120 games a year i would start grooming him for that um if you wanted to move him to a full-time dh i would be okay with that as well but then you're gonna have to continue to go out and find these veteran catchers with the braves have done a great job of you got travis darno i like the move from Andy pena he got hurt and things didn't work out um, so you continue to go that way with with catchers if you wanted to and then just move Contreras to DH or if you go and make a big trade, you trade William Contreras. And I think that's that's kind of what the Braves are having to look at right now. His stock is is probably as high as it's ever been and as high as it ever will be coming off an all star season. Do they do they believe I think right now the Braves have to decide internally, do they believe William Contreras is a catcher? Can he be the catcher for the Braves for the next five, six years? If they do, then I think they need to hang on to him because that's really hard to find somebody that can hit like he can and handle the position defensively. If they don't, then maybe you do consider trading him. Maybe if you consider him to only be a DH, maybe you do consider trading him to make an upgrade at shortstop or left field. Again, that's not my preference. If it's me, I, I think what he showed in 2022 that he can handle the catcher position, and I leave him there. I like that bat. Maybe he becomes Wilson Contreras, who just signed a big deal over $90 million with the St. Louis Cardinals. So that's how I would handle William Contreras, but I think that's a big decision the Braves are mulling over right now. All right, going to take a, a quick break, come back and get to some more of your questions. Before we do that, though, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar has the most amazing flavors for protein bars, including their new regimented flavors like the Cookie Dough Topper Coconut Brownie Bar and the Coconut, Coconut Brownie Topper. There's also the White Chocolate Peppermint Granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar that is more filling and insanely tasty. They also have the Candy Cane Brownie Puff for the holiday season. If you haven't tried one of their puffs before, it's like biting into a delicious cloud. Built Bar has revolutionized nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly, shockingly low calorie and sugar counts, just 130 calories in most Built Bars. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it will change your life forever. 
Right now, you can get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that's code LOCKED15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order of the most amazing tasting protein bars out there. Jumping back into your questions, this one coming from 2023 NL MVP Matt Olson. Uh, Twitter handle, not the actual Matt Olson, but I love the confidence there. Says, does Ian App, uh, Ian App trade, an Ian Hap trade look more realistic than a Brian Reynolds deal? I know they're two different players with different amounts of control, but Hap shouldn't cost as much. And if you like what you see, you can extend him. And then baseball fan had a- also asked about an Ian Hap trade. Ian Hap was at the top of my list at the past trade deadline. I like Ian Hap. I like his ability to get on base, the switch hitting ability that he has. So I like Ian Hap. I just don't know what the Cubs plan is. I mean, the Cubs, many believe are the top suitor for Dansby Swanson. Do they go out and get Dansby Swanson and a pitcher or two? And do they try to compete in 2023? You know, they had, you know, they could have very easily traded Ian Hap at the last deadline and didn't. Did they just not see anything that they thought was good enough to move him? Are they, Again, trying to compete. Do they want to extend Ian Hap? I just have no idea what the Cubs are doing right now, which makes an Ian Hap trade kind of difficult to project. But it would be easier because it's one year of control. Um, so you probably wouldn't have to give up as much. You could maybe give up you know, two starting pitching prospects. Um, but I do like Ian Hap, and I think it's a great option. I would certainly be on board for that. Um, he had a... a also, what do you what would you think about a trade for Max Kepler, who we'd have for the next two seasons? He certainly wouldn't demand Reynolds' cost, and we might be able to walk away from a deal without giving up Contreras and Grissom. Stephen Buchanan on YouTube in the community section. If you haven't checked out the community section on YouTube, I post questions and polls there as well. Says uh, had also asked about Max Kepler as an under the radar type of option in the outfield. I think Kepler could be a solid option. I honestly haven't looked into it too much other than uh, just a little bit here before the podcast had some good metrics not exactly good in the average exit velocity or, or barrel percentage but um, everything else was in the red on his baseball savant page um, but a low average low on base guy has a has shown 20 home run pop in the past left-handed hitter so I mean would be a good option I'd probably put if I were ranking trade options I'd rank Reynolds Hap and then Kepler out of the three that we've talked about. Um, they do The Twins do have a couple of outfield prospects that could be ready soon, and I think the Twins want to win as well, um, but I don't think the cost would be too much. Again, maybe maybe a couple of pitching pro, top pitching prospects. Um, I don't know that you'd have to give up Grissom or Contreras in one of those, but uh, maybe because of the extra years of control. Um, Caleb Hudgens says, I feel that the Braves were to at least maintain last year's offensive firepower or to improve, they'd have to sign either Swanson or Correa or trade for Brian Reynolds or sign Benintendi. If not one of those, where do the Braves turn? Um, I agree they need to at least try to replace Swanson's production. However, I will say this. I'm expecting a better year from Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm expecting a better year from Ozzie Albies. I'm expecting a better year from Eddie Rosario if he does play. Um, there are players on – I'm even expecting a better year from Matt Olson. Not that he was bad last year. I'm just expecting in year two for him to be even better. So those are four key players on the Braves team that I think 
are going to have better years in 2023. Now, with that, you may have some players take a step back. William Contreras could take a step back. Um, you could see you know, Austin Riley potentially take a step back. Michael Harris in his sophomore season, uh, we could see you know him take a step back as well. Um, but I do think there are four prominent players on this Braves team that very reasonably could be better next year than they were in 2022. Um, the man said, should the Braves turn their focus to shortstop or left field? Both seems to be the only gaping holes in this team. And I think the Braves could afford a significant upgrade. If you're asking me which one I think should be the top priority, I think it should be shortstop. Take a look at my Twitter handle, shortstop ball. I think shortstop's maybe the most important position on the field outside of maybe catcher. Um, so I think shortstop needs to be priority number one, and I think that's what's holding up everything right now. I think Alex is waiting to see what happens with Dansby, and then he's going to pivot from there. And if it's not Dansby, then I think maybe you go with the defensive first option and then maybe try to upgrade the bat part of it in left field. But for me, priority one should be finding a solid defensive shortstop, whether that's Dansby, Andrus, Iglesias, or you trade for Willie Adamas. Whoever that may be, to me, that's priority number one. Chris1414 says, if the Giants signed Correa, would a Brandon Crawford trade seem logical for the Braves? Interesting option. That would certainly be a great defensive player for shortstop. He's making $16 million next year in 2023, a two-war player last year. All right. Apologize about that. Uh Doing a live show while sick, not great. Uh, let's jump back into it, though. Too much said, is Eddie Rosario tradable? I don't think so, in my personal opinion. He's $9 million, didn't play it well at all last year. I just don't think that's a tradable contract at the moment. But let me know. You disagree. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it's a player who wasn't very good last year and it's a i don't what what would a team want in eddie rosario what do the braves want in eddie rosario i think he's coming back personally so i don't think it's a tradable contract maverick says since the dansby camp asked for six years and 140 million but with the way the market is do you think aa would sign for more years and less AAV, say nine years, $153 million for an AAV of 17 a year. Personally, for me, well, I wouldn't say personally. This is the way that Alex Anthopoulos has handled it in the past. He has been more concerned with the years than the AAV. Typically, we've seen him take shorter-term contracts, but higher AAV contracts, so... Even you look at Freddie Freeman last year, the whole hangup was that Freddie wanted that sixth year, which he ultimately got from the Dodgers, but AA wasn't willing to go there. AA wanted to stay on the five-year deal. So I don't think that really makes it better or any more likely for, for the, the Braves to sign Dansby Swanson. I think it's all just comes down to what Alex Anthopoulos feels comfortable Giving him in terms of years and dollars, I don't see him spreading it out over nine years just to bring the 
the AAV down. It's not something we've seen Alex Anthopoulos do in the past. All right, I'm going to take another break, and then I got another question that from Twitter that I really want to get to talking about the prospects. But I want to kind of break it up and start brand new with that one. We'll talk about that one here next. All right, our final tw- Twitter question comes from Balefire, who says, now that the Braves can fully play in the international market again, how long will it take for Alex Anthopoulos and company to replenish the farm system? I think the recent long-term signings will provide much-needed time to refill, refill the minor league cover. That's a great point about all these major league signings, and you're having all these positions locked up for a long time. It's going to give you the ability to kind of restock that farm system until younger players are needed again. Um but as far as how long it's going to take to restock this farm system, my initial thought is three years. You think about it. They signed Ambioris Tavares, I believe, two, if not three, inter- international signings uh, cycles ago. And he's just now getting to the A-ball level. Um, Diego Benitez, another one they signed. Uh, I believe this, he may have been the last international signing class or the one before that, you know, he's not even playing in a ball yet. So it takes a while for these international prospects to, to get in the system, to start playing, you know, where a lot of scouts can see them on a regular basis before they're playing actually, you know, decent competition. And then you try to figure out what type of prospect they're going to be. So, Again, I think it's going to be at least three years before you start to see this farm system turn around because it's going to take some good drafting, which I think we saw this past year. And you got to keep in mind, too, the MLB draft has been cut significantly to to 20 rounds. But I think the Braves did a great job last year, and you saw them focus on that. They traded Drew Waters to get additional draft capital just to make some big signings to replenish the farm system. Um, so I see them making that effort. And now that they're back in the international market, they're, you know, focused on the MLB draft and making some solid signings there to replenish it. I think they're on their way to doing it, but it's still going to be a long journey. I mean, they've used a lot of these prospects to build up the team that they have, the core, the foundation that they have, and they've used them in trades as well. I mean, they haven't really traded anybody significant away outside of the Matt Olson deal, but still, They've had to part with some guys who, you know, would at least fill up the farm system and give you some decent prospect capital to work with. All right, that was all the questions from Twitter. Appreciate everybody sending those in. As you can tell, I'm kind of losing my voice again, trying to battle this cold and get over it. So I'm going to try to go through the comments real quickly and see if there's any other questions out there that we have. Um, CW asked, what is the trade package that could get Brian Reynolds? Talked about this the last couple of podcasts, but I'll, I'll go ahead and put it out there again. For me, a package from the Braves, the best package from the Braves they could give for Brian Reynolds is either Von Grissom or Contreras. And then um, one of their recent draft picks like J.R. Uh, Richie, Owen Murphy, and then maybe a um, Bryce Elder 
Eric Kyle, Kyle Muller. Uh, William Fulgham says, heard some rumors about possibly trading for Mary, Mer Merrill Kelly from Arizona would make a good fifth starter. Yeah, that would be pretty solid. That would be a, a pretty um, big price as well for him. I think Merrill Kelly's a bit of an underrated uh, pitcher in Arizona. Um, sorry, I'm specifically looking for questions here, so I apologize if I go over some of your good comments. Uh, JA85 says, are we going to get rid of Ozuna? It's not looking like it. I feel like if they were, Alex would have already found something. So I think he's either coming back for the Braves or they're going to cut him at this point. Matt Mock said, where did all the talk go about Murphy from Oakland? A little surprising that didn't get done with how much uh, traction he was getting at the winter meetings. And especially after uh, Wilson Contreras signed with the Cardinals, you thought that would have picked up his market. So wouldn't be surprised if something happens on him soon, but I am a little surprised we didn't already see that at the winter meetings. Uh, Garrett Clemens says, what do you think about the Braves making no moves this offseason so far and all their teams in our division going crazy? Um, again, I talked about this earlier this week. The other teams in the division, the Mets are just trying to get back to where they were. They lost nearly half their team after last year, so they're just trying to get back what they lost. Phillies have made some good moves to improve their team and get better. Um, Braves are already pretty much complete with what they have. They don't have a lot to do. Placido Lopez says, can Ian Anderson be offered in a trade? For sure, he can. Um, you know, and I think that could be a situation if you have a, you know, somebody they're interested in that has a couple of years of control that maybe hasn't lived up to the hype. Uh, there could be a swap there with another team. Um, a couple of people asking about Mad Bum. I don't think he's a good fit for the Braves. Um, I, I don't see that as a good fit at all, in my opinion. And I've loved Mad Bum in the past, but. Um, I just don't see that as a likely, likely trade candidate. I had mentioned last off year or last off season about doing a, a bad contract swap with Ozuna and Mad Bum. I kind of wish they would have done that, at, done that then, but I don't even think it makes really much sense now. I'm like, not the Diamondbacks certainly wouldn't do that, um, but I don't even think Mad Bum really makes any sense for the Braves. A um, lot of great comments out here. I really do apologize. Um, I drink my orange juice every morning. Garrett Clemens trying to get this, uh, trying to get the, over this sickness here. Um, saw it, sorry, I couldn't get to all the other comments. I appreciate everybody who said, Hey, in the chat section, pretty appreciate everybody for joining. Appreciate everybody for hanging around and listening to me. Sorry about, uh, the coughing fits had to step away there for a second, but thank you so much as always. I love these mailbag Fridays. I love this interaction with you on the podcast, on Twitter. So continue to join these live uh, live podcasts, recordings of the podcast, even if sometimes it leads to some uh, embarrassing moments like tonight. But I do appreciate you following along, listening. I really appreciate all the questions on Twitter. We had so many great questions on Twitter uh, for this mailbag podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you all for listening, hanging out with me on this Friday night. Um, thank you, Garrett. I hope uh, hopefully better over the weekend. Unless uh, something crazy happens over this weekend. And I believe Dancy Swanson is getting married this weekend. So I don't think we'll hear anything. Um, but 
Otherwise, I'll be back with you on Monday. We'll kick things off and and see how the Braves can improve this offseason. Be talking about all of that and answering any of your questions that I couldn't get to. But again, appreciate you as always for listening, making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Follow me on Twitter at shortstopball, and you can follow the podcast at lockdown underscore Braves. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 